0: Well, hello there, happy innovators. How are you guys doing today, huh? How are you doing? You having a good day? I'm just kind of sitting here, once again, pretty early in the morning, you know, watching the sun come up over the trees. And You know, it's been uh, rather mild weather here lately, so it's not so snowy and not so cold, really, it's kind of just kind of chilled out like I am right now. And, uh, got my coffee here and just kind of ready to talk, you know. But, uh, there's really nothing like sunrises, man. Well, I guess sunsets, those are kind of similar, but, eh, there's something about watching the sun come up as opposed to the sun coming down. So, yeah, I wanted to talk to you guys today. I just wrapped up a, a video for a cover version of a song by a group called Three Doors Down. Um, it's called Kryptonite. I'm not sure if it's a worldwide hit or it was a worldwide hit when it came out back in the mid to late 1990s. I think it was actually around the year 2000 the song came out. And uh, it was a big hit here in the United States. And you know, I'm not the world's biggest Three Doors Down fan. But uh, for some reason, that song Kryptonite, it's one of those songs like when it comes on the radio or, you know, something like that I don't I don't change the channel like I've always kind of listened to it I I liked it you know and uh, so I decided to cover it and I just finished a video for it last week and get ready to release it so you'll be seeing that very soon and uh, I've been working on a lot of videos actually so uh, those are coming down the pike real soon and I'm kind of excited you know I have a lot of really good music that I'm getting ready to release now. And, uh, you know, I'm getting a little anxious because I want this music out there. You know, I want to get it out there. And uh, hopefully when I do that, you guys will like it too, you know? Anyway, um, there's a group, okay, that uh, I like. They're called the Young Gods. Y O U N G. G O D S, The Young Gods and um, a long time ago a friend of mine had given me one of their CDs he said you know he didn't want it or something and he gave it to me and uh, wow this record this CD of like 10 songs uh, just totally changed everything for me Um, the album was called Only Heaven and uh It was just so different than anything else that I had heard up until that point. And honestly, ever since I first heard their music on that CD, um, there's a part of me as a songwriter slash musician, whatever you want to call me, that has always kind of been chasing what the Young Gods did on that album. And um, I've been a fan of theirs now for long time, uh, probably about 20 years now, and uh, so just the other night, I typed them in, you know, in Google search, and I found some recent live performances from the Young Gods, and you know, they've never really stopped, they took a break for a while, but uh, they came back, they made a new album and everything, and you know, they're just a three-piece band, three guys. Uh, like a keyboard player, a drummer who's very good, and a singer slash guitar player. And you know, I was watching their concert, you know, their live performance. And I was just so shocked at how good they still sound. And you know, these guys in this band, they're all really like older gentlemen, they're older guys. And they have white hair and gray hair, you know, but they're still getting up on the stage and they're still doing what they do. And, you know, back in the day when I first was turned on to them, at least in my opinion, okay, their sounds that they were generating were like really kind of edgy and really kind of like trippy and interesting and unconventional like they were different their approach to song structures and arrangements and soundscapes like they were just really different and really creative okay and um you know their new material okay the new stuff that they're writing is still really good i mean it's still really good and it got me to thinking this is why i'm talking about it today is like there's that notion that I've heard over the course of my lifetime that you know rock and roll, rock and roll music, is really like uh, for the kids. You know, it's a young man's game. Okay, and um, I hear things like you know rock and roll is dead, the guitar is dead. Like you know, I've heard that several times over my lifetime, and. You know, whoever says that, whenever they say it, they're always wrong. You know, the guitar, guitar rock or whatever will never go away. It'll never end. But, um, the young gods got me to thinking about all that now. Okay. The theory that I have or the, the opinion that I have as of today, um, the last day of January, uh, January 2020, okay, the first month of 2020 is wrapping up. And uh, here's the conclusion that I've come to
1: Um,
0: rock and roll is not dead, okay? Um, And the Young Gods are a good example of a band that would be like proof of that to me. Like, uh, if you want to hear pop music, okay, like cheesy pop music, you know, not all of it's cheesy, I guess, some of it's, some of it's okay, all right, I can, I can tolerate it, but, um, you know, you go to the young kids, like, that's what they do, you know, they do the, the stuff that's like kitsch, and, you know, popular, like, today, you know, like, right now, popular pop, pop music, right but if you want to find music that's really on the edge the cutting edge and really different and out there you're gonna to want to turn to a group like the young Gods, right because these are guys that are like in their 60s their 50s or 60s um, that are still doing it like they're still writing material they're still learning new technologies and mastering them and applying it to their songwriting. Um, I mean, I can't express that enough, really. Like, how cool that is to me. You know, like, there's something about watching an older band uh, do what they do. You know, like, do what made them famous. And they're still doing it well. And they're not stuck back in the early days of their career, you know, rehashing their old songs and live performances. It's like they have just continued on their path. You know, they've continued to innovate, learn new technology, make even better music than they used to, because I think that technology serves um, bands that are innovative. So when someone says to me that rock and roll is dead... I'm kinda like, no, it's not dead. If you want to find good real rock and roll, like the, the the new face of rock and roll, it's not with the little kids. You know, it's not with pop music. You have to go out to the fringes where you find bands like the young gods. And you know, the young gods are probably around the same age as like the Rolling Stones. U2 or, you know, any bands you can think of that are like, you know, stadium bands, right? And world famous. Um, But there's also room, okay, in this world of music for bands like the Young Gods, you know, these guys who, uh, even though their stage is much smaller than the Rolling Stones and their audience is much smaller, you know, than U2. Um they do still have okay, they do still have a worldwide audience right and um the difference is okay, the main difference is that they're making better music than YouTube or the Rolling Stones you know, I mean of course that's all subjective, right it's my opinion, but um, I don't think you could really deny it when you listen to or when you watch their live performances from maybe about a year ago. You know, the stuff they have posted online, it's just fantastic to watch. You know, these three dudes on this really small stage with a decent sized audience. You know, um, they have a decent light setup and everything, probably really great sound because they were recorded fantastic. I mean, It just translates to tape, you know, on your headphones when you're watching it on YouTube or something. It just translates so well, you know, their live performance. And um, I don't know, it just really kind of hit me really hard. It really did. I liked them already, like I said, but it's like, damn, they're still going and they're still doing this amazing music, you know and I could probably talk about it all day and I I won't do that but it's like um, I guess the the conclusion is that rock and roll is not dead you know and uh, if you want to find really innovative cool kind of new music don't necessarily look to the younger generations you know a change has taken place in rock and roll history, I guess, in my opinion, right? Where ageism doesn't really apply anymore. You know, rock and roll has been around long enough and even music like industrial music and like the newer genres of music that emerged back in the 90s, like the Young Gods, you know, um, they've been around long enough To have evolved and music has changed so much over the past 20 years, um, especially with technology. Like, you know, that's where the magic is, you know, out on the fringes, you know? And I guess I'm kind of saying it that way to remind myself, you know, that uh, there is still a lot of really great music coming out. You know, people tend to make comments like that about music when you are kind of scanning, you know, the Internet for music of bands that came out a long time ago. You'll read comments like, oh, this is when music was good and uh, there's no good music coming out anymore. That's not true. That's a myth. It's BS. There's a lot of really great music coming out right now. And some of it is even from, you know, the younger generations. But if you ask me, okay, which no one has, but I don't care. Uh, If you ask me, the real magic happens out on the edges, out on the periphery of what's popular. You know, there's, there's plenty of fantastic, fantastic songwriting going on as we speak. And it's usually being done by... You know, these guys with white hair and gray hair, I mean, they've been doing it for so long, right? I mean, there's something to be said for that, you know, that, um, you know, they feel that what they're doing is important enough to continue on. Like, they really need to be doing it. It's obviously, at this point, uh, for the young gods, it's probably not about the money. You know, it's really probably not. They might do it and it sustains their life or whatever but they're not making millions you know they're not doing it for the dollars they're not doing it for greed or you know money they they must be doing it because they really need to be doing it and i guess there's a part of me you know that kind of feels that same way obviously at this point you know like i wouldn't be doing this if I didn't really want to be doing it, like I didn't really need to be doing it. Now, why do I need to be doing it? Eh, that's a whole separate podcast, but, you know, I, I don't know. I guess for me, it's just something that I'm going to be thinking about for a while. And, you know, this idea that rock and roll is dead, yeah, forget that. It's not true. It's not true. You want to hear the, the real face of modern rock and roll music? Go watch the Young Gods performing back in 2019. That is the face of modern rock and roll. That's where the evolution is happening. You know, it's not happening with the Justin Bieber's of the world. It's going to be happening out on the edges, out on the fringe. You know? So there you go. Food for thought. Um, You know, on a much more, I don't know, I guess somber note. I wanted to talk about this uh, this season that I found myself in. Over the past few months, um, I had a really close friend of mine, somebody that I love very, very much, uh, attempt suicide. And... Oh, my goodness gracious. It was so... horrible, you know? Um, And I've talked about it before in different podcasts, you know? But uh, this friend of mine uh, just went through a really rough patch uh, and uh, didn't see a way out. You know, he couldn't find a way out. And, uh, yeah, I've talked about suicide before. Oh, man. You know, it just is one of those things. Ever since I was a young kid, it just it just boggles my mind. And, um, oh, I was so shocked to hear that this person, this friend of mine, would do something like that. You know, like, nobody had any idea what was going on in this dude's head, you know? And, uh... Uh, what can I say you know it's really something that's difficult to deal with this notion of someone losing all hope you know now fortunately in this situation this friend of mine kind of came to his senses at the last minute and you know found some hope found a reason to live But, uh, like I said, nobody had any idea that this was going to happen, and it just got me to thinking about that, you know? Uh, the human mind is like an ocean, you know? For each person, there's like a whole universe in there, in that noodle, you know? And, uh... It is very, very possible that you could be sitting next to somebody and having fun and talking and they're planning on killing themselves or something like that. They're planning on ending their life and you would never know. Like, you would never guess by their outward appearance that they're in some kind of, you know, emotional or mental turmoil, you know? And I've spent the past couple months just kind of thinking about that you know like uh, you know you just have no idea right and uh, man how does it get like that how does it get there and you know sometimes I wonder I mean I've talked about this before too where there's like a it seems to be anyway okay this epidemic of suicide you know uh, I don't understand it like I don't understand why now in you know the year 2020 somebody would do that I just don't understand it I don't understand what brings somebody to that point I mean it must be really bad it has to be some kind of you know, spiritual crisis of some kind. I don't think it's just emotional or, you know, something like that. There has to be, in my opinion, okay, some kind of like demonic aspect to this wave of suicide that seems to be kind of taking over or coming down onto the planet. Right now, I mean, we live in such a strange time. It's so strange. There's so many resources for somebody who is thinking about killing themselves, or they feel that there's no hope. There's that they're in trouble somehow, and or something, and um, like it'll never get better. There's so many like hotlines and websites and people who are devoting their time catering to these kinds of people that are in that state I just don't understand how or why at this point somebody could go through with it you know there are so many places to go for help right Um, and I suppose you know there's really nothing more to say Uh, I don't know Anyway, so I guess I have to think about that a little bit more. Just kind of. Ah, uh, brother. You know? Come <laughs> Man. I just don't understand it, folks. Sorry, I just don't. It's something I would just never do. I mean, to go this far in life and to this, you know, end it? No, no doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, what happens to someone's sense of self-preservation? I mean, isn't that like a base instinct for human beings? Uh, I don't understand it, you know? Like, there's nobody they can turn to? There's nobody that could help them out? I don't know. I was a little upset. Actually, I talked to this fella. You know, he's all better now. Everything is okay. But, you know, I talked to him not too long ago on the phone. Spent quite a bit of time talking to him about all this stuff. You know, and uh, I asked him, like, why didn't you call me? You know, why didn't you reach out to me? Um, you know me. You know, like I, I'm a good ear. I'll listen to you. You know know, uh, at least try to encourage you and try to help you along. I may not have all the answers, but anybody that really knows me knows that I would help them out. You know, I would listen. I'm a great bartender, you know. I have a good ear. And uh, he told me, okay, he told me that he was embarrassed to talk to me about it. Because it involved, like, a woman who was, you know, being unfaithful, and, you know, it was just, you know, embarrassing to him. And I was like, actually, you know, honestly, I was a little insulted (laughs) by that. Like, how could you ever think that I would be, like, judgmental or something? Or, you know, think less of you because, what, some woman decided to... You know, do something like that hurt your feelings or something like that. You think I would judge you or judge her? It's like, come on, come on. I hope that you're like that with people around you. You know, maybe that's part of the problem—is this this communication thing, like this this era we live in of social media. It's almost like anti-social media. You know, like, and that, and brings me back to that question. You know, how in the hell? Can it get so bad that there's nobody there for you to reach out to? There's nobody, okay, that can help you out and like you kill yourself. That doesn't make any sense anymore, okay? That should not happen anymore because there's just so much available. But man, there is a wave, an epidemic, and that's the word I'd use an epidemic of. Suicide happening now in modern culture, especially here in the states. It's scary stuff. It's scary stuff. And like I said earlier, I'll say it again in my opinion, okay, there has to be some kind of demonic element to that. That's the only thing I could think of is that somehow. You know, these spirits, these invisible forces of nature that we we don't see them. Uh, I guess sometimes people hear them. I guess sometimes people do see them, too. Uh, um, But it's there. It's the spirit, you know, that descends on somebody and it just engulfs their entire life or their entire personality to the point where they just can't see the way out anymore. I just... I don't know. Oh, it's... It's scary. You know, it's scary... To think about. Like, oh, these young people... You know... So, some of them are so young... They're so young... With those stories about... Those young kids that are getting bullied... Like online... Like on Facebook... Or you know, Snapchat... Or, you know, whatever the kids are doing these days... Twitter... You know... Um, They get bullied so bad that they, like, kill themselves over, like, what somebody said or what somebody thinks of them. Oh, how weird. How odd, you know? As far as I'm concerned, you know, there's never a reason to end it all. Come on, you know? It's life, you know? Life sucks sometimes, it's... You know, when you have a a struggle in your life and things are going wrong, you know, that's the character building part of your life. You know, that's where you learn the most when you're being tested in the fire. You know, it's part of life, it's a very important part of life. Uh, Don't lose hope, you know, don't lose faith. And you know, reach out to your friends. You know this this buddy of mine that just recently went through this. He could have reached out to me, and he knows that. You know, when I talked to him on the phone, he like admitted it. Oh yeah, I know, but I was embarrassed. Come on. And I suppose like all this kind of stuff is on my mind even more, like today, because just recently my wife and I attended the funeral for a younger man and. You know, I can't talk about it too much because uh, this situation is still volatile, or whatever. We don't know all the details, or whatever. We're not exactly sure what happened, but um, uh, it's quite possible that this younger gentleman that we just, you know, we just went to his funeral, uh, had committed suicide. We're not sure, so I won't talk about it anymore because it's still. Volatile, still fresh, still happening right now. But, uh, and I, like I said, I don't know all the details, but, you know, I'm sitting there looking at this dude in the casket, you know, this young guy, you know, another young guy. What's going on in the world, folks? What's going on? You gotta start asking these questions, man. And, uh,. You know, if you're somebody, I guess I, I mean I, I have to say this. I, I have to say this. If you're somebody who's going through some kind of thing like that, I mean, what the hell, man? You got to reach out to somebody. There's got to be somebody, even if it's a complete stranger on a you know a suicide prevention hotline. I suppose if I would have been prepared today, I could have had a phone number or something for somebody to call. Maybe I'll put it in the description for this video or something, but what is going on in the world where these young people are are doing this kind of stuff, you know, uh, like 30 years old, you know, and you're ending your life like, oh my gosh, when I was 30, my life hadn't even started yet. You know, I'm serious. That's what it seems like. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like so much changes in 20 years or 10 years or even a year. So much can change in a week. So much can change. Right. Come on. Come on. If you're somebody who's going through something like that. Come on. Reach out to somebody. You know, don't don't go all the way so silly and so senseless. It doesn't need to happen. There is hope. There is a place to go. There's people to turn to. There's never a reason, never a good enough reason to throw it all away. Never. Never. So, I don't know. That's all I'm going to say about that for today. But, I suppose I should kind of try to give you something that's a little bit more on a, the happier side of life, right? Before I sign off today. So, uh... I'm gonna tell you a little story. Okay. When I was a little boy, I grew up in an area that had a... Uh, a car manufacturing plant not too far from where I lived. It was a Ford factory, you know, where they made Ford trucks or something, and... This is just a funny little anecdote for you, okay, Uh, before I sign off. But uh, when I was a little kid and we would drive past this factory, okay, there was so much smoke billowing out of these gigantic smokestacks, right? And It was going into the sky that when I was little, I thought that's where clouds came from. (laughs) Think about that. I used to think that the Ford plant was a cloud factory. Like that's where the clouds came that filled the sky. That's how much pollution (laughs) was coming out of this thing. Right. Um, uh, to this day, when I think about that, I just laugh. So there you go. It's not all gloom and doom, uh, today here on the singularity podcast. And, uh, I'm going to get back to work here, folks. I got a lot of music to do, a lot of videos to edit, and a lot of life to live, just like you do. So, if you're going through a rough patch, it gets better. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and if you really are suffering some kind of emotional distress, like this buddy of mine was, you got to find somebody to reach out to. you got to. So... Anyway, folks, I'm signing off here. I got to get to work, but uh, love ya. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Have fun. And uh, until next time, folks, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records signing off. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy. Everybody, I have a song for all you happy innovators that were daring enough to stick around to the end of the podcast for some music. Um, I have a song for you today I'm going to share called The Water of Fire or Singing to the Sea. Two titles. Uh, when I made the song, okay, when I was writing it and recording it, I kind of knew that I wanted to call the song The Water of Fire but as the song started to emerge and I started to make up lyrics and words were coming to me and the music was kind of like coming to me um, I liked the idea of calling the song Singing to the Sea so when the song was finished I had to make a decision like okay which title do I want to go with and then The idea occurred to me that I don't have to choose. (laughs) I can do whatever I want. So I decided that I would keep both titles. So there you go. The Water of Fire or Singing to the Sea. You can choose which title you like, by the way. So that was kind of the idea. Like the audience would choose what they want to call it. But, um... Anyway, I'll tell you a little bit about the, the song itself. Let's see. What do I remember about the water of fire or singing to the sea? Well, okay. The very first thing I did, I remember this. Um, this is before I used uh, what they call a click track. Uh, I hadn't figured that out yet. Uh, a click track is like a metronome that you play to, and it helps you to stay in time. Okay. Um, And this song was written and recorded before I knew how to do that. So what I did was I just recorded myself playing my drums. And I took a chunk of that drumming and I looped it. You know, I had it repeat itself so that the drum beat just kept going. And uh, I just started to kind of add music. I started to just go with it, you know, wherever the music took me. And uh, I wound up having um, a longer piece of music. And I would say that this was kind of like the lead up. Okay, this song, The Water of Fire or Singing to the Sea, was the lead up to the idea of going outside of the normal song length, like three minutes or five minutes. I think... The Water of Fire is like eight minutes long, and, uh, you know, it was kind of a fun experiment to just kind of see where it took me and see how it worked and if if it would be the kind of thing that you could listen to for eight minutes without going crazy and turning it off, and uh, of course, you know, it turned out pretty good, and uh, that then led me to the idea of, okay, now I'm going to do a song that's 15 minutes or 20 minutes long and that song will probably be played in the next podcast but for this one you get the water of fire or singing to the sea the song that kind of got me started on this notion of stretching the music stretching songs out uh, longer than the conventional length so it was my first um, breakaway from that It wasn't really like a conscious effort. I didn't really know what I was doing. It was more of an experiment um, playing with time. So here it is, folks. I hope you like it. Have a great weekend, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Peace out, everybody.